Welcome and good morning. It's good to be with you all on this first Sunday of the season of Advent. And as you can see, we have uh, changed the vestment colors to purple, which is the traditional color uh, for the season of Advent. Uh, in case you were wondering, why is Advent's color purple, or why is that one of the key colors? Uh, it is because purple is often throughout history been uh, the color of royalty. And so we're looking forward to, of course, the birth of a king that we will be celebrating uh, on Christmas Day. It just so happens, and this is happenstance and totally not connected to church history, that it is also the color of my favorite football team. The, Min- the Minnesota Vikings are purple, and so, therefore, I love Advent for more than one reason. Let's begin our service of worship. Let's begin our service of worship with the confession and forgiveness. I do. Can you not hear me, Ralph? Yeah, I've got it on. Maybe uh, we'll check and see. Uh, Carol's going to bring you a different, a different hearing aid pack and see if that helps. So we're going to begin by reading the Confession and Forgiveness. As we wait and watch for the promised day of salvation, Beloved children of the Most High, you are gathered before the righteous judge who has mercy on all. Splash exuberantly in the waters of baptism, where sin is washed away in the river of life. Dwell peacefully in the loving arms of the one who nurtures all creation. Go forth boldly in the assurance that your sins are forgiven. In the name of the one who is coming and who is already here, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Now we will continue by singing our first hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Blessed are you, God of Jacob, for your promise to transform weapons of war into implements of planting and harvest, and to teach us your way of peace. You promise that our night of sin is far gone and that your day of salvation is dawning. O house of Jacob, come. Let us pray together the prayer of the day. Stir up your power, Lord Christ, and come. By your merciful protection, alert us to the threatening dangers of our sins, and redeem us for your life of justice. For you live and reign with the Father, the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for today is from Jeremiah 33, 14 to 16. Jeremiah was one of the major prophets. Uh, he was often called the weeping prophet. He was given the word by God probably at around the age of 14. He did many predictions. Many authors talk about not foretelling the future, but forthtelling. In other words, identifying something that will happen, but not putting it into a necessary time sequence. So he is predicting here today. The days are surely coming, said the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judea. In those days and at that time, I shall cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will be held, will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Psalm 25, verses 1 through 10, read responsively. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they will be 
Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me. For your goodness' sake, O Lord. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. The New Testament reading is from Thessalonians 3, 9-13. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we feel before our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see your face, see you face to face and restore whatever is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. And may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. This is the word of the Lord. The Gospel according to Luke, the twenty first chapter. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. When you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. 
As I said at the beginning of our service, today marks the beginning of the season of Advent. And not only is it the beginning of the season of Advent, it's also the beginning of the cycle of the church liturgical calendar year. Advent is a season of expectation and hope. For centuries, Christians have seen this season as a preparation for the celebration of Jesus' birth. No one really knows for certain the actual day when Jesus was born. However, when early church leaders were laying out the calendar of holy days and seasons and feasts, they chose to put Christmas Day on December 25th, and they did so for some very good reasons. The winter solstice falls on December 21st, and the winter solstice marks the day of the year with the least amount of sunlight. December 25th just comes a few days after the days begin to grow longer, or more specifically, as light begins to return in greater length during each day. The parallel between this seasonal change in light and the celebration of Christmas is that Jesus called himself the light of the world. And so as light returns to us, we celebrate Jesus. Just as the daylight in the beginning in begins to grow and increase, we celebrate the birth of the Savior of the world who comes to illuminate with his light all love and truth. And personally, I think that's just really cool. Additionally, that is why the Advent wreath has been a particular uh, special part of worship for centuries in the church. The lighting of the candles on the wreath with the Christ candle in the middle is meant to mark the, least, the last few weeks as darkness increases, but we know a day is coming where light will begin to overtake the darkness. Well, that is your church history lesson for today. Now we're going to move on to a text from the lectionary. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, which we heard just moments ago, we find a prayer of Paul's for a young new church in Thessalonica. In chapter 3 of this letter, Paul prays these words, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. Paul does three very powerful things in this brief line of his prayer. First, he expresses his love and the love of others with him for all the Thessalonians. Second, he prays their love would increase for each other. And that's one of the most common issues that the early church letters of the New Testament talk about is love of brothers and sisters in community. And third, and finally, Paul prays that their love would increase for all. All, as in everyone, not just those inside the church community. As a pastor and a chaplain, I'm always inspired by how intentional Paul is to express his love for those that he cares for, for those he leads. He doesn't hold it back. He doesn't hide his love for churches and for people. He just says it in his letters. I love you guys. That's my paraphrase, of course. He doesn't use the word guys. <laughs> Even when he's telling the Galatians to stop being foolish or telling the church in Laodicea to get their act together, 
He's still regularly communicating his love. I reflected on that as I prayed and studied and prepared to preach this text. I wanted you all to know, as members of All Saints Church, as residents of Sunnyview Manor, as fellow brothers and sisters in the faith, I love you. I love you. Each and every one of you is special to me. I consider it a privilege to know you, to worship with you like we do in this rhythm every Sunday, to share life together with you. As I read this text over and over, I just I sensed the Lord inviting me to do with you what Paul did to the church in Thessalonica. Having just celebrated Thanksgiving, I wanted you all to know that I'm thankful for you. Now, Paul doesn't just express his love for this church. He goes on to pray that their love for each other would increase. You'll notice Paul doesn't guarantee that their love will increase. He prays that their love will increase. He doesn't say, I promise you, when you while you gather, the more you gather, the more you will love each other. Or he, he doesn't say love is is easy after a while and you don't have to sweat it eventually. Paul doesn't say those things. Paul simply prays that their love for each other would increase. And in so doing, Paul is doing two things. He's teaching via his prayer that mutual love is a high priority for those who call Jesus Lord. And that growing in this love requires faith. Paul knows that loving our brothers and sisters in faith takes work. It requires sacrifice. It requires listening. It requires energy and effort that's not guaranteed. Any student of church history will tell you that Christians have regularly failed at loving each other over our 2,000 years since Jesus first arrived. We've divided many of our communities. We've harmed one another in many ways. We are called to love one another, but we often forget that. We regularly miss the mark, so to speak. So Paul knows this takes work, and that the work of loving each other requires that we lean on the strength and power of God to truly love one another. Maybe you're like me, and you know people who are believers, and yet you really have a hard time liking them. Maybe their politics frustrates you. Maybe something about their personality irritates you. Maybe their choice of sweater or socks rubs you the wrong way. The last one was meant to be a joke. But if that's true for you, keep paying attention because this sermon is for you. Paul prays that we would love each other and knows that it requires God's power. Even now, 2,000 years since this letter was written, we're invited to lean into loving one another. Let your love be complete. Lean into love. God is love, as the scriptures teach, and God invites us to love one another. In another passage of scripture, it says that those who are not Christians will know we are Christians by the love that we have for one another. Now that's a really tough passage because if we're not loving each other, then how are they going to know? Right? So we are called to love. This is so important. And it's really hard work. So I'm not going to minimize it for you. It takes work. But it's an essential character 
aspect of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Lastly, Paul includes in this brief prayer a line about our love increasing for all. Now, some of you might be thinking that all of the people includes just the people I already like, or all the people who are the same culture or language as I am, or all the people who vote like me, talk like me, dress like me, fill in the blank. But Paul doesn't give us any qualifiers. He doesn't correct this or or minimize this word all. He just says, all. I pray that your love for all would increase. So as followers of Jesus, who are entering the season of Advent, looking forward to celebrating the birth of the Savior of the world, we read this prayer of Paul and we are invited to assess how we are doing when it comes to love. So here's a couple of assessment questions to consider. How am I doing loving God? How am I doing loving God? Do I spend time with God? Do I listen for God's voice? Do I talk to God? Do I dive into the scriptures given to me by God? How am I doing in loving God? Secondly, how am I doing in loving others? Do I love my brothers and sisters in faith? Do I love my neighbors? Do I love the people who I don't like very much? Do I love all people? Lastly, how am I doing loving myself? How do I take care of myself? How do I invest in my health and well-being? These are really, really good questions to ask regularly. Typically, the first Sunday of Advent is about highlighting the theme of hope. We begin a season of expectation and hope as we look forward to celebrating on a regular basis every year this very special day, the birthday of Jesus. Advent also reminds us of our future hope that God promises to restore all that was lost. We believe one day all wrongs will be righted. All wounds will be healed. All darkness will be obliterated by light. All tears will be wiped away. So as we pass through Advent 2021, on the heels of a global pandemic that we still live with, on the heels of violent and abrasive politics, on the heels of the ripple effects of global war, famine, poverty, injustice, all the stuff we've experienced, may we do what is in our power to do today. Love each other and love all people. Don't stop to ask whether or not someone is worthy of love. Don't slip into that temptation to exclude some people from love. Recognize that God we serve loves those people and calls us to love all people. That God came to earth and became one of us in Jesus to show us that love. And we were invited to love all people passionately, deeply, and freely. Amen? Amen. We're going to continue our service of worship by singing the hymn My Lord, what a morning.
join me in reading the Confession of Faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, 
was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Creator, the earth and all that is in it belongs to you. Inspire us to use what you have made, to give justice to the oppressed, food to the hungry, and freedom to the captives. May our offerings given in your name lift up those who are bowed down. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. At this time, uh, as we do in each service, I want to invite you, if you come this morning to worship, carrying a heavy burden either for yourself or for someone else that you would like prayer for, I invite you to indicate that by raising your hand. Let us pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we together join in prayer for our brothers and sisters uh, as an act of love. Uh, we recognize that these raised hands represent a variety of different situations, relationships, challenges. And so we come before you, Lord, and we lift these prayers to you. We entrust them to your care. We ask that you would provide wisdom, that you provide grace, hope, peace, healing, love, that you would wrap your arms around these brothers and sisters who've raised their hands, that you'd wrap your arms around the situations that they represent. And we thank you, Lord, that when we pray, we can be assured you hear our prayers. And so we entrust these prayers to your care, these situations for everything that they represent. Help us to trust you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right. Let us pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us continue with the hymn, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. Continuing on page 14, we're going to sing the hymn, Arise, Your Light Has Come.
receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.